Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Welcome to Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler here along with uh, Joel Brzezinski. Joel, how's things going? All things are going great in the middle of summer, getting ready for school to get back going again and for the kids. Uh, been hot. Just one of the usual Iowa summers that we experience <laughs> here in the Midwest. We get in, in Iowa, we get a, a wide variety of weather. Uh, everything from bitterly cold in the wintertime to this really hot, humid stuff in the summer and and some really nice stuff in between, but um, it has been a hot summer. Which would you rather have, though, Joel, the snow and the freezing cold or this hot stuff with the humidity? Oh, man, it's, it's a tough choice because I like the snow. I think I like the snow right at the beginning of the winter because you, when it snows for the first time and you step out there and your boots are crunching and it just it's just cool. I just love it. But then eh, it gets old real fast. But the heat gets old pretty fast, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you got air conditioning, you got all this stuff. I I probably prefer the summer. We are spoiled, aren't we? <laughs> Furnaces and air conditioning, and we still complain. <laughs> Indoor plumbing, we always find something to complain about. Well, uh, Joel, one thing we wanted to look at during our program today was in the book of Acts, uh, an experience that Paul went through that would, well, it would end up changing uh, the rest of his life and uh, probably changed ours, too, because I've got the feeling that he probably spent a lot of time writing books of the New Testament while he was a prisoner. Uh, we know that to be true, but uh, there's a story in, that starts in Acts 21 that maybe a, a lot of folks aren't really all that familiar with, and I, I find it fascinating as we read through and study it and, and try to tear it apart a little bit to try to figure out just what transpired and and what it means for us today here as we try to live according to the gospel and, and allow the gospel to um, just live through us. Um, we were just talking about it here a few minutes before we started the show, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, at one point, had been warned uh, by some believers through the Spirit not to go to Jerusalem. A little bit later, uh, after that, Paul decides that he's going to head that way, and he's warned by the uh, by the prophet Agabus, uh, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to end up in trouble. <laughs> you're going to have your hands bound, your feet bound, you're going to be a prisoner. So they were kind of encouraged, the people who were around him at the time encouraged him not to go, even though there, at this point there seems to be no uh, direct uh, command uh, or even a certain direction from God himself telling Paul not to go, the Lord seems to be warning Paul through this prophet Agabus that if you go, this is what's going to happen and seemed to be giving Paul the choice as to whether he wanted to go to Jerusalem or not. Even though Paul knew there would be consequences, he came back and said, hey, I'm not only ready to be bound, I'm ready to die if necessary. And so he started off on this journey, and uh, so many things happened. But one, one of the first things that happened when he did get to Jerusalem is he met with the council in Jerusalem. Some would call them legalists. Uh, some would say, you know, okay, they were familiar. They knew they knew Jesus Christ, but yet they were. Well, what happened was that these people were worried that um, Paul had been going around all over the place, telling people that they didn't any longer and he was talking to Jews, no longer needed to keep the law in order to be saved and in order to live out your daily life, that life in Christ wasn't about that. Well, these Jews were kind of worried that, well, you know, now Paul's in Jerusalem, what are we going to do? He's going to start telling people here they don't have to keep the law anymore. And so 
so they kind of worried, and they asked Paul to do something. They asked him, he said, okay, they said, okay, you've been out doing this now. Would you, now that you're here in Jerusalem, would you kind of just, just forget about all that stuff and, and, and tell people they do need to keep the law, they do need to circumcise their children, they, knew, they do need to do all these things? Would you would you compromise? And they even asked him to go get purified according to the law and take some others along with him to be purified and to take this vow and that he himself would also walk orderly and keep the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, and I'm reading from Acts 21, 24, 25, around that area, concerning the Gentiles, we have written and decided they should observe no such thing. So there was kind of, they were telling Paul, among the Jews, you got to do a certain thing. Among the Gentiles, you got to do another thing. Where the reality is in Scripture, as Paul's written elsewhere, is that in Christ there is no Jew, there is no Gentile. It's the one Spirit, the one God, and, and we all walk the same walk in Jesus Christ. It is interesting. So you know, just to just to put this all in perspective, uh, Paul goes up there to the council with James and the others and starts telling them what wonderful work that the Lord is doing through the Gentiles, through his ministry. And they glorify God through it, at least this council did. But they said, look, brother, uh, there's a lot of Jews here who have believed, many of them, and they're all zealous for the law, which they thought was a good thing. But they've been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children and so on and so forth. So, yeah, so then they say, as you were talking, Joel, let's... Let's show the Jews here that you're on their side, that uh, you, uh, you're, you're for the law, yet we have written, as you just read, Joel, we have written and decided that the Gentiles don't have to observe the law like we do, but they should keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. And so Paul did what they asked him to do, to go through a, a, a ceremony of the law, that involved a sacrifice, by the way, and uh, they went into the temple and went through this. That's when everything broke loose <laughs> after that took place. Yeah, all kinds of things happen. I mean, if you read through 20, Acts 21, 22, 23, and so on, I mean, the whole series of events starts where Paul ends up basically in chains for the rest of his life. He, he ends up not being able to be free to go wherever he wants to, but under house arrest in prisons and in all kinds of undesirable places and of course he considered it all pure joy but who knows what would have happened if if paul and this is just you know theorizing what would have happened if paul hadn't compromised what he really believed because i'm reminded of another story uh, that paul himself told in galatians where he rebuked somebody he rebuked somebody else for their hypocrisy he rebuked peter uh, because peter had been eating with the Gentiles, and to eat with the Gentiles means that you forsake the food laws and all the ordinances uh, that the Jews had, and Peter would gladly eat with the Gentiles and live among them and have no problem with that. But then when certain legalists came along, Peter's like, oh, no, I can't do this, and, and Peter started basically being a hypocrite uh, and acting as if he was a person who kept the law. So Paul said... Paul said that he had to rebuke Peter for that, and yet here we find Paul himself compromising his faith, uh, living like a Jew to, to please the Jews, when that's not what the gospel is about. 
You know, uh, that kind of compromise might work well in Washington, D.C., in Congress or something, Joel. We talk about bipartisanship and so forth, but it didn't work out too well for Paul here. It did sort of seem like a compromise, but here's the good news out of this. Let's let's make the assumption, and maybe we're way off base here, but let's just assume that uh, Paul did the right thing by going to Jerusalem, even though he was warned he'd be in trouble. God never really seemed to say don't go at the, at that point. Uh, and, and, you know, at that point, too, I want to mention that his believing friends that were around him at the time uh, said, well, if you're going to go, the Lord's will be done. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. It's just that sometimes we place so much stock in the Lord's will being done. I think there's so much freedom that we have in grace that in this case, for example, God seemed to be giving Paul the freedom to do his will. Paul, it's up to you. If you want to go, fine, but I'm warning you. Uh, you're going to get into some trouble when you're there. Paul chose to go. I think there are times where we want to be in God's will, and we wonder what God's will is for our lives, and should we do this, should we do that. But I think there are times where, where God just gives us the freedom to make choices, and he'll be with you every step of the way, as he was with Paul. Let's assume for a minute Paul made the wrong decision by going through this, this uh, legalistic ceremony and going through the offering and everything that took place. Maybe that was a mistake, but you know what? God was with him through it all. And God never condemned him. He encouraged him later on, even though Paul went through a lot of hassles, which we're not going to read through all of this right now. Lots of, uh, well, he, he nearly died. There was people trying to kill him. Uh, they were dragging him from place to place here as a prisoner, trying to sort things out. And God comes around and says, hey, Paul, be of good, uh, good courage, be of good cheer. Uh, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, uh, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Because what really threw these people over the edge, Joel, was uh, when Paul started mentioning ministry to the Gentiles. That's right, because for so long, all these Israel, the people of Israel, the covenant that they had, uh, the covenant that was between God and the Jews, was for Jews only, was for Israel only, as far as they knew, as far as they understood, even though it had been prophesied uh, through the prophets that this thing would extend to the Gentiles. Uh, the Jews had a problem with that, and when when Paul, who had been called by God to the Gentiles in the first place, did what he was called to do, and this that's what he testified. That's that's one of the beautiful things that when he was going through all these trials and struggles, when they were when he when people were trying to kill him, and when he stood up to testify to to defend himself, he said, "Hey, this is what happened. I was a Pharisee. I was of the strict se- uh, sect of Pharisees." I was a law keeper, a law abider, all this, and then I received this vision when I was on the way to Damascus, and I, c- I can't be disobedient to that vision. So he, he no, no matter where he was accused, no matter what happened to him, he said, hey, this is what happened to me. The Lord Jesus appeared to me. He presented the gospel to me, uh, and this is, this, I, I'm being true to the gospel. And that's, that's what my life is all about. And Paul testified to that in front of the Jews. He testified in front of the Gentiles, and the rest is history. Well, and of course, uh, Paul's writings all through the, the New Testament uh, reflect a lot of that. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, well, I don't know why, because it's, it's not exactly in chronological order, but the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Paul talking about freedom from the law and so forth, even before Romans, I think of I think of Galatians for some reason. I don't know why that is. I guess that's just me. But um, the, the writings that Paul had talking about the freedom that we have apart from the law. And yet we had Jewish believers at that time, as we were reading here in the book of Acts, that were saying, hey, Paul, 
uh, you shouldn't be telling people this, you know. They, they, people should be zealous for the law, and Paul was trying to say that we're free from it. So that was good news uh, for, for, for Paul to be able to go through those kinds of trials and, and tortures. I, I don't think just reading through the pages that we can understand that Paul was almost literally being torn apart by, by these people and, and at sometimes uh, having to be protected by some of the soldiers and so forth as, as they were trying to figure out exactly what to do with the guy. But um, God was there with him through it all, encouraging him to, to continue. And so uh, no matter what it is you're going through out there, uh, let it be known that, that God will never forsake you. Even if we make mistakes and, and make decisions that aren't right, God can help make it right. I think that's one great lesson to learn from this. I think you know, so many people, as you were talking about a little bit ago, struggle with the will of God. Are, am I in the will of God? What if I do this? What if I do that? What if I, you know? What if I make the wrong choice? I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. God is so much bigger than to put us under condemnation if we perhaps do make a wrong choice. And I'm talking whether we make a wrong choice to sin, whether we make a wrong choice when we, we've heard clearly from him, go this way and we go the other way. And God can take all of this and turn it out for good. Not that, not that he's sitting there wanting us to make wrong choices so that he can make them good, but I, th- I don't think that we need to struggle in our daily lives with, am I making the right decision? Sure, pray about it, seek him about it, and listen but don't get stressed out about decisions because the Lord will, will work it all out for His glory and for, his good, and for the good of the body. That's the beauty of grace. Every day is new in Christ. We're out of time for this one. Join us again next time on Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 